She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. Talk about this book today. Look the Virgin Mary in the eye, girl. Ask for forgiveness. Well, she's sitting there tonguing the freaking body of Christ. Anyway, we've gone way off the rails here. And my mantra is C's get degrees. <laughs> Literally, the only thing I could say was uno momento por favor. Can a scent be tattooed itself onto your memory? Hi! Hi! <laughs> We're struggling today, gang. It's fine. We're going to push through. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm exhausted. I was at a conference this week uh, for school librarians, and I got Yay! this cool T-shirt, long sleeve T-shirt. It. Yeah, I love um, it. And, the pictures uh, were great. Yeah, but I'm exhausted. Um, I'm an introvert. We've talked about this before, and so conferences they wear me out. <laughs> it's a lot of peopling. So today I'm really tired and. Um, my family has been passing around this cold. It started with my youngest, my Sam, and it's finally made its way to me. So if I sound all nasally, <clears throat> that's why. And I'm out. Sing uh, smelly I'll, cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just hope that Tom can um, chop out, <clears throat> chop out when I'm uh, coughing, <laughs> sounding terrible or sniffing or whatever. Um it's just a regular cold, um, sinusy, you know, whatever. But yeah, um, after extroverting for two days and then you're ready like, to having, be in bed. I'm tired, so I'm doing this with you though because I love you and I love I our love fans. You. And it's and our twentieth episode. Twentieth episode. Happy anniversary! Yay! <laughs> Who would have thought we would have made it to twenty episodes? Me, because I keep making you do this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like I'm not a willing participant. Um, True. But I mean, in fact, it's not like I'm holding you against your will. Calling yeah. Tom every day to be like, make sure she's on camera. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I guess when we had talked about doing this, because it's been almost a year now since you told me you had a dream of a yeah. podcast together. Um, We've we been decided, working on it slowly. Yeah, we decided to wait until summer. Because I would have more time. Um, and we had no idea what it would start to look like when I went back to work. Like, would we still do this weekly or would we change right. formats? And um, we've successfully made it a weekly podcast. We've. That's uh, your hard work, girly. Because I don't have, I mean, I have a full time job because I'm making the tiny humans stay alive. But yeah. you are and doing them. double duty. You're kicking yeah. ass. Well, in some ways, I feel like um, it's hard for people to keep up with our reading um, speed. Right. And we don't film on our reading speed. We film on our availability. Um, right. <laughs> so sometimes we have a few of these <laughs> episodes in the can, right. as they say. Um, and so maybe that's frustrating for our listeners. I don't know. Um, but uh, I'm proud of us. We've made it 20 episodes. And... We have the rest of this calendar year planned out, and then and we will switch. A good chunk of next year, too, gang. <laughs> we do. We're going to call these six month seasons. So yeah. this season will end at the end of 2021, and we will kick off season two in January with a super interesting, maybe not at all, episode of us <laughs> answering fan questions and just talking about. Life our and likes and dislikes and l let's set some ground rules. We're not going to tell you about our kids. I mean, you know their names based off of if you've listened long enough. But there are some things that we're okay with sharing about our kids, but like you don't get to know all the things. <laughs> no. I don't mind talking about the Matt because Matt don't care. Uh <laughs> I mean, Tom doesn't really either. He just laughs about <laughs> the things that we say. Well, I mean, he um, asked you. He edits us. Love you, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're, yeah, there'll be some things that, you know, if you put those questions in, we just won't answer them. But I did want to say in January, oh. we are going to have two episodes with a special guest who is a friend of Molly's. I'm really excited. Um, 
I'm really and, um, excited. I am too. And we'll start promoting that. Uh, that's just your little teaser, but that we'll start promoting that soon. He also runs his own podcast. He has a pretty some interesting podcast. Episodes. Yeah. We're going to do some crossover episodes. So that's your teaser. We won't tell you who it is right now. Um, and we won't tell you any more than that, but that's your teaser. So uh, I, uh, here's the one hint. It has nothing to do with anything we fucking do. <laughs> oh yeah he's he's basically doing us a favor and reading books for us but like that's not his podcast like that's not what he does on his <laughs> no um i think we I, I know you listen bud and we really appreciate it and we're really excited to work with you um well so there's the name i said we weren't gonna say the name but <laughs> Molly, don't give away his last name okay <laughs> but um we don't do the thing you do dude <laughs> yeah, we don't. We definitely do not do the thing he does. Um, but anyway, so um, I'm feeling a little under the weather and uh, extroverted out. But we're gonna talk about this book today. Don't worry, I'll be plenty extra for you. <laughs> this book is called The Poet X. It is by Elizabeth Acevedo. It is a book in verse. So if you're watching us on YouTube, I'm just showing you a few pages here. You can see that it is a book of poetry. Um, it was what a beautiful damn book. It's beautiful. Um, it is YA. I am sad to report that even though this book came out in 2018, I am the first person to check this out from my local library. Oh, this had a weight on it here. I'm oh, bummed about that because this book is amazing. Um, it is amazing. So it's a really good book. Um, it's a very quick read. fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a bit, but um, the the audiobook is only three and a half-ish hours, um, and this book could be read in a few hours because it is a book in verse. Uh, it's well worth your time. And so how about a synopsis? Let's hit me, girl. Hit, hit you? <laughs> with, hit me with it. Okay. Hit me. <laughs> All right. I'm starting early. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Zia Mara is a sophomore in high school. She has a twin brother with a super brain. He's very smart. Um, they share a room in a two-bedroom apartment. They uh, have uh, – both their parents live with them. They are Dominican, um, Dominican-American. Uh, Zia Mara, or as she calls herself, the poet X, um, reflects uh, – on her life as a beautiful Dominican girl in Harlem through writing poetry in her journal. Throughout the book, Z answers, asks questions about her Catholic faith, um, experiences her first love, and hides her true self from her traditional mom. This book explores Z's life in verse with grit and Spanish flair. The audiobook is read by the author, Elizabeth Acevedo, who is the first writer of color to ever win the Carnegie Medal. Yes. Applause she, in there for me, Tom, because Homegirl deserves it, girly. That was awesome. Um, it is a beautiful book. So I am going to link below the article in which it talks about her winning the Carnegie Medal. At the time, she was the first author of color in its 83-year history. Um, I'm not sure if another of author of color has won it uh, since her, um, but she's the first one in 83 years to win the Carnegie Medal. So. I, I don't want to tear up, but that is beautiful. And um, Beautiful. This is her first book. Um, her other books, I will, um, I'll link to her website. Um, yeah. Follow her on Instagram too. She posts some really great things. I think, I think her Instagram uh, handle is um, Eliz Elizabeth Acevedo writes or something like that. Um, but um, read her books. I like reading them uh, in audiobook format. And that's actually what my first question is. So I'll hold off on that. But um, anything you want to say before we jump into the questions? Um. I don't think so. Uh, this was your first read, right? This is my first read. Uh, my I second. Was, knowing that this was her first book, I mm -hmm. am thoroughly impressed. She's amazing. She's thoroughly really impressing talent. Um, I want to read her dedication. Okay. Unless you would like to. No, go ahead. Because I think it's beautiful. Oh, go I'm going to screw up the last name. To Catherine Bellinos. And my former students at Buck Lodge Middle School 2010 to 2012. And all the little sisters yearning to see themselves. This is for you. And she does read that dedication in the audiobook as well. And um, I'm just... It, it's just, beautiful. 
just looking at the reviews at the front of this book, Jason Reynolds uh, reviewed yeah. her book. And Jason Reynolds was one of the co-authors of um, All American Boys, which Boys. we read yeah. during uh, Banned Books Month on the podcast. Um, so, I'm surprised this hasn't been banned. Oh, it has. It has. It's made several lists for language. Um, uh, so, uh, all right, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about, um, let's talk about the audiobook. So this is your first read of the book. It was actually yes. my second. Um, and we both read the audiobook. Um, yes. I, I got, I got the physical book from the library so that I could see the format. I ended up, I got halfway through the audiobook, and the formatting was so compelling. I had to visit see it physically i right. had to hold it in my hands and right. it is just and you got the spanish version again <laughs> i didn't i didn't i did it this time <laughs> i did it this time molly. Uh, molly i i live in texas get off my back babe <laughs> well i what what did you think of elizabeth acevedo as a narrator oh fantastic mm-hmm. um the tongue click like mm-hmm. Girl, please. Girl, like, yeah. I, that is so authentic. Yeah. And um, I have several friends who are Hispanic Americans. Mm-hmm. And um, I know them from my time in the service. I know them from right. here. <clears throat> and different cultures have different types of dialects. And the DR and the, because, like, if you are from the Bronx or the, New York City, that uh-huh. tongue click becomes a part of culture. Yeah. And um it 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 was beautiful to hear it throughout. I also like that um I don't know Spanish and parts of this book are in Spanish and yes. I like that I can hear the actual pronunciations as opposed to just yes. trying to guess what they would sound like. Um and I think that um so I personally poetry for me it's always been read, read it's oh Wow, April. It's always read better aloud. Um, like poetry is not meant to be read. Uh, this trend it's of meant to be experienced. Right. So this trend of book uh, books in verse. Um, I was actually just talking about this at my conference with some of the other middle grade middle school librarians I met. Um, it's a very accessible way to expose kids to literature who aren't big readers because mm-hmm. they look at the the width of this book and they're like, oh no, Panic. fuck that. That's too yeah. much. And then you open it up and you're like, oh, it has like three words on one page. And they're like, right. oh, maybe I'll try that. Um, so it's very accessible. But um, I like the, uh, I like hearing it. So yes. um, having this being a book, book in verse, uh, but actually listening to it, to me was great. And I'm glad that she didn't have somebody else narrate for her. I will say because, um, well, let me ask you this before I say this next part. Do you think you'll read any of her other books? I'd like to, I'm hoping she has, um, I hope she narrates more. Yes. So that's actually what I was going to say. So, um, with the fire on high was her second book. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Um, and her third book was clap with you when you land. And, um, that one, I, I didn't like that one as well, but mm-hmm. she narrates in all three of them. Clap when you land, it has dual narrators. So there are, Ooh, she narrates with another person. Um, and all three of the books uh, are feature the main character is a young woman. Are they um, all Dominican verse like this? Yes. That's They're all beautiful. in verse. I love that. Yes. I love that formatting and style. Yes, I do too. Um, and um, like she would, cons- I'm pretty sure I read an article I could be sped, spreading false things. I'm pretty sure she said that she considers herself a poet first. Um, yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, but she hasn't written a, a book in the traditional novel since all of her novels have been novels in verse. Um, and 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 she's I one right now. I don't think I want anything else from her though. Yeah, I, I love it. She's I feel got, like it wouldn't be authentic. Down. No, it wouldn't be. Um, and um, I feel like she's one of the ones right now that the teens really gravitate towards. I think because she's really gritty um, and she's authentic and it's honest. Um, yeah, it is. So it is honest. Yeah, it is. Um, so I really like it. Uh, and Ziamara, um, I mean, even though I didn't grow up in the Bronx and even though I'm not Dominican, there were parts of her so that I can relate to. Right. Yes. And um, just being a young woman in general. And what is that, you know, what does being that look like? feeling, um, I have 
note about it, but feeling like being treated like an object. Yeah, that's one of my questions, too. So can you hold on to that? Yes, ma'am. All right. Um, actually, let's just go into it. Uh, Hit me, girl. Hang on. Uh, Ziamara talks a lot about her body developing and how boys are responding to that. Mm -hmm. um, did you identify with this as a woman? And um, what do you think about her decision to use writing to cope with it? Um, I actually, this was one of the first things that really uh, struck me about this book. Um, being sexualized as a teen mm -hmm. happened to me a lot. Um, I developed yeah. really quickly. Uh, I've talked about this before. Same. I went from being a flat chested tomboy to having a large breast mm -hmm. overnight. Um, yep. uh, my first job was a waitress at a truck stop. Right. I, um, while my mother worked there and her friends and I had a lot of protection in that I was yeah. still treated yeah. I was still sexualized. Right. Like, there was no way around that. It, it, men are, I, I'm sorry, I'm not going to, you know what, I don't care if I offend somebody. I don't care. I'm not going to apologize for this. It was gross. Yeah. Men sexualizing a teenage girl, sexualizing a child is disgusting. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. I still have some issues from that. Right. I, I had issues then about it, and I have issues yeah. now. And... Her finding an outlet to help her deal with it is fantastic. Absolutely. Because all I did was I compiled guilt. Right. I self-blamed. I put right. layers on. I lived in a hoodie. Right. Right. A what did I do hoodie. to stop them from looking at me like this? Yep. Yeah. I lived in a baggy hoodie and baggy pants and yeah. just tried to hide my body because- right. I, I felt gross and guilty. Like yeah. it was your own fault. And Ziomara's mom makes her do that. Yes, her and mother. I want to. I want to read an excerpt. Um, this is on page one seventy nine. The title of it is "Rough Draft of Assignment Three: Describe Someone You Consider Misunderstood by Society." I'm not going to read all of it because of copyright law. Like we're not going to read the whole poem, right. but I want to read this uh, end here. When I was little, mommy was my hero, but then I grew breasts. And although she always wanted, and although she was always extra hard on me, her attention became something else. Like she wanted me to turn me into the nun she could never be. And I love that there because what Ziamara is experiencing is not that she is doing anything. She's, got this very curvaceous body and she has a lot of people in the neighborhood, especially drug dealers. Her mommy doesn't, she calls her mom, mommy. She doesn't like that her daughter is being cat called out and things, but she's blaming, blaming Ziamara. Her. Yeah. Like this is your fault that you look this way. And it isn't like, she can't help that her she body has developed that way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But is. her mom also has issues because her dad ran around is, on her. Yeah. And um, so she just doesn't, you know, yeah, but you can't blame your child for the way that they look. No. All you can do is teach them the values, her, you know. I, I, I didn't get a chance to get to your notes on this. That's um, right. Her mom has given her a lot of trauma. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. Um, the religion trauma is... Yes. This book definitely um, showed me... I mean, I know religious trauma is a trauma, but it really highlighted... I didn't grow I grew up with a lot of things, but religious trauma was not one of them right and the religious trauma seeing it from her point of view and seeing right. she made that child feel dirty yes yes and it and, wasn't her fault and um and i'm sure we'll get into this but the way she treated the situation on the train and everything that ha I, I, right um it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> As a uh, parent, it hurt to hear this. Right. Yeah. It did. Um, so while we're on the topic of her mom, this is one of my questions anyway. Um, uh, I lost the question. Um, it's okay. Goodness, April. Okay, there it is. Uh, I feel like the most complicated relationship is between Z and her mother. Um, so, like, what do you think about their relationship? It's broken, yeah. honestly. And I think um, that has a lot of to do about her mother's hangups and not Ziomara's. Mm -hmm. 
And, um, but as children, we put things on ourselves. Right. And she put a lot on Ziomara that she probably shouldn't have. 100%. And you talked about uh, the religious trauma. And I'm, I'm just going to, if you're on YouTube, um, this is page 198 through uh, 201. In the book, the poem is called Ants. And if you're on the YouTube page, you can see that the lines go down. Um, and so this part of the book here is when Ziamara is being forced to kneel yeah. on rice uh, <clears throat> on rice in front of a Virgin Mary statue. And her mother tells her, look the Virgin Mary in the eye, girl. Ask for forgiveness. And um, I was that, crying. I'm not going to lie. I cried. All that Ziamara had done was that she, with a boy on she, a train. she kissed a boy on a train um, and she knows that this could get her in trouble but like i mean <clears throat> that kind of i mean her mom is a bully her mom is a bully her mom is forcing her to attend um confirmation classes when she when obviously her mom, it's very apparent ziomara yeah. is struggling with faith it is yes. apparent ziomara has questions and and i feel like um like i feel like this could be interpreted two ways like maybe she is questioning her faith and maybe this will be a faith that she doesn't practice as an adult and that's her choice and that's her choice but it could also be just a way to break away from her mom like right. her mom is deeply religious and in the catholic faith and um had planned she to wanted be a, to be a nun she wanted to be a nun she did not become a nun because basically she won a lottery to come to america but that meant she had to marry marry um Ziamara's dad and and I feel like she has so much guilt and feels so dirty for betraying what she wanted Jesus yeah. God yeah and she's trying to instill this in her kids and um I mean it's not gonna work you can't force your kids into your beliefs like like yeah. as a Christian who's raising my kids in the church I mean the best I can do is hope that they follow in our footsteps but um if they chose to not be believers when they grew up, that is their personal choice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and her priest, he told her it was okay to question it. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually tells uh, Ziamara's mom that, like, I think she should keep coming to confirmation, but I don't think she should be confirmed this year because she's not ready. Well, she's sitting there tonguing the freaking body of Christ. <laughs> like, that kid does not want... To do yeah. this. And by tonguing the body of Christ, she doesn't mean like making out with it. She no, means I'm sorry. She's, it, okay. I, she's hiding the the wafer in her mouth so that she doesn't have to take the Eucharist. Okay. Right. If you've ever been forced to take meds, you'll know what I'm talking about. Sorry. <laughs> just the way it came um, out, I was like, oh, she just make it out with Jesus. <laughs> I mean, her mother would love that. Um, right. Right. Um, there is... Um, and since we're talking about the mom's punishment, yeah. she not only did she physically punish her, then she took mm. things away. She took the child's lunch money away from I her. I know. I know. I what read that and I was actual like, actual fuck? You know what? I wasn't going to ding this because this book is amazing, but fuck you, ma'am. Your child still needs to eat. Fuck you. Molly still has the manners to say ma'am, but she still will <laughs> say fuck Because you. she's an adult. <laughs> Well, I think that, I mean, I tried to, like, logic that, and I think it was probably, like, extra money for lunch. Like, maybe she got free lunch. Oh, no, that that, that was, that was, you are not getting to eat. Well, again, she might have gotten free lunch at school, um, and then the extra money, and she was just not giving the extra money. But um, I, <clears throat> I think it's interesting that her relationship with her mom changes so dynamically from when she's younger mm -hmm. to really looking up to her mom as a hero to when her body, when Ziamara's body started developing and her mom really didn't like that about her. Now they're in constant battle with each other. But that's all her mother's doing, which is really it's all her mother's it, doing. It, what a hard thing for a child to process. 100%. Um, 100%. And, uh, 
I mean, I guess let's just talk about it now because we're talking about the relationship with her mom. But I think the most most horrific thing that she does is not making her kneel on the rice. I think the most horrific thing she does is that <clears throat> Ziamara on her birthday gets a new journal from her twin and she accidentally leaves her current oh. one on her table. And when she comes home from school, her mom has found it and she burns it. Oh, devastating. And there's a line from this. I even... Sp- I re-listened to it three times to make sure I heard it right. Can a scent be tattooed itself onto your memory? Uh, I, I, she has so many of these little lines. Yeah. Um, what is it? There's one, she goes, your lips are staples that pierce me quick and hard when she's talking about her mother. Yeah. I love how, um, she later talks about rewriting down some of those poems that were burned and how she knows that that meant they were important enough to her for her to remember them. Um, But I just can't imagine like as a mom, I can't imagine doing that to my kid. Like she, her mom, when she, when she reveals that she's read this, she tells Ziamara, do you think I don't know English well enough to know that you aren't, that you are talking about boys and me in this journal. And that's what really upsets but, her. Okay. I ha- have, but like, her. <clears throat> but like, but- I can't imagine burning my child's thoughts. Like, that's what you did. You burned her thoughts. Um, on Wednesday, November 14th, a poem mommy will never read. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can't because of copyright. Right. Um, my mouth cannot write you a white flag. It will never be a Bible verse. My mouth cannot be the shape into an apology. You said both you and God deserve. Like, she is literally apologizing in mm-hmm. verse. And if Not- her mother read that right. and processed it, right. instead of looking at her and saying she is the sinful child. And dirty. She, she seen, keeps calling her dirty. If she would have taken the moments to read that yeah. apology... She would right. see how much her child was struggling. Yeah. But she saw different verses and accused, called her lustful, called mm-hmm. her dirty, called her all mm-hmm. these terrible things. And, yeah. and just- she wasn't any of those things. In the book, she, um, I was going to ask about him anyway. So let's transition to talking about Aman. Aman is her first boyfriend. Boyfriend, yes. Um, and uh, he and Ziamara share a moment in which this is after the burning of her journal. Mm-hmm. She basically runs away to his house. Um, yes. <clears throat> not to stay forever, but just for comfort. Um, and they end up kissing and making out and things get a little to the point where her shirt is off and his shirt is off. And when he goes to touch her uh, between her legs, like he's got his hand on her thigh, like he hasn't reached up to all the way yet. Mm-hmm. She stops him and because of the way that her mother has raised her, she believes that at that point he's going to kick her out and make mm-hmm. her feel like vulnerable, you know, like you because can't. she didn't want to do what he wanted to do. But instead he gives her her shirt back and lets her get dressed. Well, he and they, put his shirt on her, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Well, he tries to, his shirt's too big for or too small for her because it pulls tight on her <laughs> yes. chest. But he gives her her shirt back so that she can get dressed and be comfortable again. And he doesn't kick her out. She stays the night there. But when her mom calls her dirty and tell and basically accuses her of being a slut, your daughter hasn't even had sex yet. Like, she's not even had sex yet. And the because closest she she's true to herself. The closest she's come has been with her shirt off. Like, this boy didn't even touch her vagina. And like, that was after. After. All this. Yeah, you like, drove him. Drove her felt, to him. Like, there's... She felt bad about holding his hand and kissing him at the Halloween party. Yes, yes. This child associates guilt, sex with guilt. Yes, she's not allowed to date. She's not allowed to talk to boys. Like, she's not allowed to do any of those things. And her mom just continues to call her dirty. And she's not being dirty. Like, she didn't do anything wrong. No, she feels bad about having lustful feelings. Like, right. it, it's just... It's devastating. It's devastating. It's so devastating. What do you, so what do you think about Amon as a first boyfriend for Z? Was he a good choice for her? I think he was the first person she was willing to open up to. I, um, that 
music is a bridge, right? Yeah. When they go to the Stoners Park and right. I, he never pressures her to smoke weed. He never right. pressures her to do alcohol. He right. never, um, he never did any of those things that right. you would assume a boy that's described, like the way her mother made her think boys would do. Right. So I think he's a good person. I mean, he even took her ice skating. I he know. I love that he really, and he sweet, bought her beautiful date. He bought her tickets to an apple orchard. Right. I mean, the one thing that he doesn't do that's... birthday. Yeah. The one thing that he doesn't do that's not great is, like, some boys are harassing her, and instead of standing up for her, he just kind of lets it be. But also, like, I don't know From what I'm understanding, he's a small dude, right? I am. And I don't know that you can always blame blame him for that because I um, think it's just how she was interpreting the situation. She was really upset about her mom. She was... I mean, he probably should have stood up for her, but I mean, I don't think if that's his only fault in this book, he was still a good first boyfriend. Um, Uh, Agreed. He never pressured her to do anything she didn't want to do. Um, And you brought up the ice skating. And so I want to read you my favorite quote from this book. And it actually happens in the ice skating um, scene. Um, And this is on, if you are playing the home edition and would like to turn to the page. We're on page 188. Um, and this happens while they're skating. The poem it comes from is called Thursday, November 8th, Around and Around We Go. And uh, Amon is telling her that he loves ice skating and he's actually really good at it. Um, but he wasn't allowed to take lessons because he was a boy. Um, and this well, this quote can be interpreted for Amon, but it's also really relevant for Ziamara, and I feel this in my own life. Um, and I think about all the things we could be if we were never told our bodies were not built for them. Yes. And, like, as a woman who I've always been bigger, I've always been a bigger woman, um, being told, uh, you know, you should probably dress in baggy clothes. You probably shouldn't do these things. Um, I, when I graduated high school, I was 200 pounds, but I was very athletic. Um, I'm not athletic anymore, but I played sports year round. And so even though I was 200 pounds, I was in extremely good health, um, And I was made to feel like often by people who I was supposed to care about, like my body wasn't made for that and that I should be ashamed of my size. And now as someone who's turning 40 soon, I'm not ashamed of my size. My body shouldn't be. My body created life. Like I grew, I grew humans inside me. Two of them. Two of them. And survived. Mine tried killing me. Uh, Mine tried to kill me too. Um, But I did it. They survived, and I survived, and we're here. So um, I, I think about that. We we tell kids constantly what their bodies are made for, and I hate that. I actually hate saw that. a TikTok about this. Um, there's <clears throat> addressing the body issues our generation has. Yeah. Um, and some of it comes from when we used to watch growing up what not to wear mm-hmm. and how they used to tell us to drop dress for our body shape mm-hmm. and not for our comfort and not for what made it like, well, I we don't dress in clothes that bring us joy. We dress in clothes that are appropriate for our body. Well, I actually, um, probably, probably 10 years ago, mm-hmm. maybe, well, Tom and I have been married for 11 years. So yeah, I'd say about 10 years, 10 years ago. Um, I stopped wearing really baggy clothes and started buying clothes that were more fitted to my body. And I realized that I actually looked better like that because when you wear really baggy clothes and you're already a big person, you just look frumpy. Like well, and you look, you slovenly. can feel uncomfortable. Well, yeah. and but you, when you wear clothes, you comfortable, right? Right. But when you wear clothes that are actually fitted, um, I mean, we've gone way off the mark here, but when you wear clothes that are fitted, you actually look better. I am thankful that we have so many body positivity people now. Like when we were kids, um, the 90s was the heroin chic, right? So yeah. all the models were stick thin and now the Remember model. when Jessica and- Simpson gained weight and they called her fat and she yes. was like a 12? Right. Um, it was, and, um, and now people who are in the fashion industry, like Tim Gunn, and I'll link this video below because I absolutely love it. If you want to be empowered today and you're a plus size woman, watch this video by Tim, Tim Gunn. But, um, it, it's basically him talking about how 
Um, the fashion industry needs to change because the average body size in this country now is a 14. That's me. So, I am a, a 12 to 16 right now. It, it is yeah. frustrating finding clothes. Yeah. I And I hate because, like, the only place I can really buy clothes is Torrid or Lane Bryant, and they're just so expensive. Well, and nobody wants cold shoulders. Right. Nobody. I, I don't want sugar skulls. Right. I, I don't need a Mickey Mouse shirt. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just. Well, and I don't want to go to a place like Kohl's and buy a 2X. But it's just they added more fabric. That's not actually how you make no. plus size clothes. You have to actually make them for the body. Anyway, we've gone way off the rails here. So my point is, I really love that quote because um, I feel like it's so relatable. And it's the one thing that, like, whenever I suggest this book to people, I'm like, but you got to read this one part. Um, and read it's it. the one I really like. Damn it. Read it. So uh, was there, like, a quote that really connected with you or, or a poem um, that you really connected with? The one about her mom. Your lips are staples that pierce me quickly and hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how rough my childhood was. Right. I don't need to get into details here. Um, but this lashes back to my birth father. Mm-hmm. Um, his, the pain he gave wasn't always physical, right. but hella, hella emotional. Right. And as an adult, I realized that that was his issues and not my issues. Right. But let me tell you what. Those staples sit forever. Right. Right. And. And, and I feel like ZMR is going to be always fucked up from it. Like, right. No oh, that child, if that child's not in therapy, she needs to be. Um, there was one phrasing I really found interesting. Billboard frown. Like in the beginning of the book, I don't know where it is because I didn't get the book till after. Um, she's talking about. The way her she looks and her billboard frown, like uh, way she's trying <clears throat> to deter people. Yeah, um, <clears throat> she's trying found, really hard not to be looked at. Right, and I just found that phrasing really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, um, I agree. Uh, I, I, I think uh, that relation of her mom and like when she talks about her mom that. It's very relatable to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, um, there's so many different times in this book. She talks about her brother mm-hmm. and the way she describes him. Mm-hmm. I like, love that. She calls him twin twin. Um, Any, anyone can call him Xavier, but she's the only person that can call him twin. twin. And he's like an hour older because she had to have a, they had to have a C-section to get her out. But, mm-hmm. like, in the beginning, she describes him, like, he is such a contradiction to her. He's completely like, opposite. He And he's just, he's tiny, and he's smart, and he's this, right. and he's that. And um, I lost the spot, but he was, like, it was just wild the way she was describing him at one point. This yeah. verbiage she was using. Right. It, she's big, and he's little, and um, he's a, he's got a super brain, and she's average in, in intelligence. Although, I mean, I don't know. She's pretty fucking good at poetry. So, but, um, but she does that's different, right? Like right. I can, I can write a novel, but I am not as intelligent as you are. Oh, well, whatever. Um, we talked about this last week. You've never gotten below a C. <laughs> like I've, I've never gotten, I have a master's degree and have never scored lower than a C. And my mantra is C's get degrees. <laughs> And I guess I could probably count up the number of C's I had all through school, my bachelor's and my master's degrees. It would probably be less than 10. Fuck you. (laughs) I love you, but go fuck yourself. (laughs) But but let's be honest. A lot of that is not intelligence and is my anxiety slash OCD. And I obsessed about my grades so i work really really hard to get a's and b's you've heard me go on this tirade before but there is different variations of intelligence oh 100 um tom is actually a genius like he's a legit genius and it's so hard for me to like the homeboy does not always hit social cues <laughs> oh oh baby i love you so much but you i love you dearly but 
There's times. Um, (laughs) But his whole family is like science smart and that's not where my smarts are. And so I'll be like sitting in the room with them and they'll all be talking about science. And I'm just like, well, I know what these words mean because I understand language that way, but I, I can't contribute to this conversation. (laughs) Blue is two plus equals four and four plus four is eight. (laughs) But after that, you're, uh, uh, you know, I, Matt is, my husband is brilliant and he Mm -hmm. chooses not to be. And there's just, I don't know. I feel like we all have different skill sets that make us intelligent. Like I, what was it the other day? I got super stoked about that useless knowledge book. I found at half price books. (laughs) (laughs) Like, well, I I, mean, I love that kind of shit. I don't have dumb friends. Like I can't carry on a conversation with somebody who is like, Jokes on you, boo. <laughs> Molly, you are not dumb. I say dumb things. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a big difference between that. I say a lot of dumb things, and I'm a very intelligent person. <laughs> um, but no, I, so going back to, to Twin, to yes. Xavier, um, I, they are the polar opposites. So I like the dynamic of their relationship, though. What did you think I, about it? I really love their dynamic. Um, yeah. I love that they like being in the same bedroom. I don't know how they can handle that. All I kept thinking was, I would be so uncomfortable changing in front of my brother. Like, I have three brothers. They were not going to change with me. No way. I think if you grow up with it in the same room constantly. Well, maybe they use the bath, change to the bathroom. I don't know. Um, could have. But, I mean, you we learned that they both have secrets, though, the whole time, right? Right. Like, yeah. twins in the closet. Um, yeah. That's then he gets one of, heartbroken and ugh. yeah, that was actually one of my questions. Were you okay. surprised to that he was uh, a gay teen, gay youth? I mean, it happens all the time in the Catholic Church. Um, I mean, it happens but, all the time in just reality, right? Like, not just the um, Catholic Church. It, it didn't surprise me. Uh, not based off the way using stereotypes, which is gross. Um, and the way writing has been leaning nowadays, which is wonderful. Right. I am glad it was included in this. This book felt um, like it wasn't even like it was make that was a point to be made. Mm-hmm. You know how some books use the LGBTQ plus. Well, I think they were making a point, but I don't think it was the point that you're talking about. Okay. Um, I think the way that they handle the fact that he's gay um, was Which we surprising. never get to. It was surprising to me. He doesn't tell his parents because Ciamara keeps saying that if his parents know, they will mm-hmm. basically disown him. It's well, not we'll even send him to DR. Yeah, right? they just keep. That's their answer for everything. We're sending yeah. you to DR. We're sending well, you to DR. We're sending and, you to DR. And it's not even about them being Catholic. It's about the fact that um, in the culture that they live mm-hmm. in, and I can't say that this is true for all. Uh, Latina American, Latin ex Americans, um, but the culture that Ziamara is in, at least with her family, they will disown him because gay is not okay, right? From that family. Um, and what was really interesting to me was the way that Ziamara handled it because she had suspected her brother was gay for quite some time, but she didn't really want to ever accept it. When she finds out officially that he's gay, she calls his boyfriend white boy. refuses refuses to call him cody he's just white boy i feel more my parents aren't even going to just be mad that you're gay they're going to be even more mad that you're dating a white boy white boy yeah so that to me was an interesting point and i mean i i don't know um i mean i know quite a few people who are latina i don't know a lot of latinx people outside of florida Mm -hmm. um and Texas. Um, I don't really know many here at all, but um, I don't know any of them that would have had a problem with that. So I don't know if that's a stereotype within that community that like in the Latinx community, they're not as accepting to LGBTQ. I don't know, but at least, at least in this world that she's writing about, that is the case. I have a former um, friend who was also my hairdresser for a while when I lived in Pearland. Um, I'm not going to say his name. Uh, he uh he was hispanic and uh-huh. gay mm-hmm. um he refused to date he was open about the fact that he was attracted to men 
mm-hmm. but he didn't date. He was hyper religious. Mm-hmm. He lived with his mom and pretty much celibate and focused on his career and his um, religion. Well, I mean, I guess you have to make um, the choices for yourself, but it makes me sad. It makes me sad, too, because the more I got to know him, the more I really liked him. And I could could sense that. Right. Yeah. And and I felt like he wasn't being his full self. And as soon as I questioned it as his friend, he cut me off as a client and a friend. So he wasn't ready Mm. to address it himself. Yeah. So, well, I just as close as Ziamara and Xavier are. I just thought it was interesting that she was still not, and knowing how her parents are with her, um, I was surprised that she wasn't more. Um, but she could have threw him under the bus. She could have. her own skin in several situations. Have. and she You're did. right. You're right. But she also doesn't do anything to make him feel like he's safe to come out. No. And- she tells him, our dad will kill you over white boy, basically. And she pretty much, you know, he says, we just got to wait till college. We got to wait till college. Once right. we get to college, it, you know, and he's like, skipped a grade. So he's going first. Right. And she's like, you don't understand. You're leaving me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm going to be alone for a year without you. Yeah. And I mean, it's true. Like yeah. it's, um, she is going to have to try to survive without him. And, you know, at the end, it seems like things are all healed, but. The truth isn't out yet about right. him. Right. And, um, but they are in therapy. And I do think. But it's but, religious therapy. And well, something- it's not it's not religious therapy. It's therapy with a priest, which is not. Right. Ne- it's not Sorry. necessarily the same thing. Um, right. But it's. But I do think his dad. I think his dad knows. Because based on what she says at the end about how her dad's opening up more. And that his relationship with Xavier is. Is. Is getting repairing. better. I I think he has suspected for a while that his son is gay. I mean, um, Ziomara always fought for him, right? Mm-hmm. Ziomara was always the one to throw hands. Ziomara was right. I mean, that's actually how she finds out he's gay. She shows up at his school because someone hit him, and she was going to take care of business, right? And um, she questions whether it was Cody that hit him, but it wasn't. Right, just right. And she's like, he's like, no, nah, it's just some fool in gym. But yeah. it, it's just. It, she tries to make the family healing in the end feel wrapped up and tight. And it's not that simple. Well, I don't know that I think it's all wrapped up and tight. Because she actually says, Mommy and I are never going to be the two to go shopping together. We're not going to have this relationship. What we can have is a conversation. And right. it be civil. And right. it be two-sided. Right. And honestly, as someone that has a very tumultuous relationship with my mother... That's all you can ask for when you have mm-hmm. a toxic mother. It's just to reach the point where you can have a conversation that doesn't end in you feeling like I fucked up again, even though you didn't do anything wrong. Right. Um, and so, and, and also she's 16 or yeah, mm-hmm. she turned 16 in the book. Like she's a sophomore in high school. So there's a lot, a lot to go. And maybe, maybe Ziamara, if she were a real person would grow up and never have that relationship with her mom again. Maybe she would leave home and just that would be the end of it. But I don't think that's where Elizabeth Acevedo is going with it. No. I think I think it's more she's going to keep her mom at a distance and at a healthy one. Um, and I think that's, her mom is turning a corner too. Health. Yeah. And I think her mom's turning a corner too. I think really hearing Ziamara read her poetry, um, that – helps um so speaking of reading the poetry we've talked about the impact that teachers and english teachers can have on um kids before in other mm-hmm. episodes um so what do you think of ziamara's relationship with miss galliano um at the beginning she's very standoff from her right yeah and but i feel like that's ziamara does that with everybody I, I feel like she's always protecting herself. and I, I, Yeah, 100%. And I think I that threads from her home life. Right. And feeling absolutely. like she has to protect herself there. Right. But as soon as she opens up to her and the poetry club. Right. You see, we see as the readers a change in Z. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
I think she, she becomes less internal reflective and, and she starts she feel, actually expressing herself And I feel like she's becoming externally. more of herself, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, when she goes to school the next morning after the big incident and she mm-hmm. sleeps over at um, Amon, Amon. Am- Amon's house and like her teacher looks her up and down and she sees she's in the same clothes. Yeah. And she can see it on her teacher's face and Ziomara just dumps it. And is yeah. sobbing into this woman who's not much older than her, right? Right, right. Who is just, just sobbing uncontrollably. And she's like, oh my god, my this is her, you know, this proves right there that teachers see their students as their kids. Because she takes her in, she holds her, she right. gives her her personal cell phone number, she tells her it's going to be okay. She, yeah. and the that trust, knowing that there was an adult there. In a situation where she felt like she had nobody, I'm crying a little bit, um, was beautiful because that's not always the case. Right. Right. For kids. Well, and, and sorry. I, as, an, as a former English teacher and now a librarian, what I can say is I feel like books are a really great way for kids to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, that having been a teacher who is reading with your students, it's a great way to actually uh-huh. break into conversations. It's a good gateway into their personal lives. And yeah. this week while I was at a conference, I went to a session that was about like mental health book club kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was a guidance counselor and a librarian who paired up together. And the guidance counselor said, as librarians, you have more access to their trauma. And I thought about that and I'm like, that's really Holy true. Shit. It's that really is true. So true. It is true because the kids that go to the guidance counselor, they're either kids that like have been referred there by a teacher or, you know, somebody within mm-hmm. the school, or they're so troubled that like their parents have sent them there. Um, but like they don't open up the same way in a guidance office as they do in a library where they're just like telling me. And I hear a lot of stories. And As a kid that hid in the library in middle school, this is factual. Yeah. So having that, like, I love that expression. You have access to their trauma. Um, I can't always keep your confidence because there are some things that legally I have to report. And I'm always honest with that about uh-huh. kids. But I also want them to feel like they have a safe space. And I think Miss Galliano gives Ziamara that safe space. Yes. And, and she has it within Poetry Club. Um and I, I think I love that she uh, tells Yamara, your work is very poetic, even though she's not supposed to be writing poems, she's supposed to be writing essays. Right. Um, and so she sees who Yamara is right. from the get. Right. She definitely does. And um, there are some things in this book that like make me think, OK, as a young teacher, I would have done that now as a more experienced teacher. Like I'm not giving kids my personal cell phone number. When I was a younger teacher, all of my boundaries. And, yeah. All of my yearbook and newspaper kids had my cell phone number. I mean, they would text me whenever they wanted. Um, one of them called me from a concert because they knew I liked a song that was on like, oh, that's sweet. But I, I'm not in my 20s anymore. I have a family. I have a personal life. And I separate. I have that boundary well, much and more I think strictly. have more pers- perspective now, time. And service, I don't, you know? and I, and I don't think that the, that all of the boundaries Ms. Galliano has with her are very healthy. But um, the other thing is, I have a feeling that there was an English teacher in Elizabeth Acevedo's life. Oh, this that was felt semi-autobiographical. Oh, 100%. I don't know. She, I don't know that it is. But it, I mean, um, have you seen a picture of Elizabeth Acevedo? Yeah, she's beautiful. She's well, gorgeous. This is her, if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah. But that's Elizabeth Acevedo. And look at our cover art. They look similar. Similar. So uh, I have it, a feeling. I have a feeling. Autobiographical. Yeah. I, I, I think, bi- autobiographical. Thank I'm, you. I know where you are. Words are hard. <laughs> um, so Words any- are hard. That's my mantra. That's, my, <laughs> that's the Molly merch. Words are hard. So I only have two more questions for you, but, um, so there's Spanish throughout this book. Yes. Um, did you enjoy the authenticity of the code switching or did yes. you find it difficult to read? In the audiobook, I can mm-hmm. read it pretty well. Um, I'm not as fluent as I used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody is speaking it to me, to me slowly in Spanish, I can process it. Yeah. But my brain ha- struggles with the dual language thing because of the way my ADHD functions. Right. Um, but 
they go so fast. I she only she goes fast when she speaks in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I only got like every third word, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's authentic to the character. I yeah. feel like she speaks in Spanish. That like Ziomara speaks in Spanish and English. That is her home right. life. That she's is bilingual. the way she's definitely. That's how she's coming up. For right. her, not like for the character not to speak bilingual or not, it, it would have felt. It wouldn't have felt real. Yeah, I I I enjoyed the Spanish. I took four years of German, which is like useless. What the fuck am I going to do with German? But Go to Germany, damn it. Well, I did go to Germany. It actually, German saved my life in Poland, which is a story for another time. Um, <laughs> when we go on live shows, we will tell it. And she will speak for both of us because she speaks German. <laughs> um, but I, um, you know how when you hear something in another, well, maybe you don't know about this, but like, this is how I felt when I was listening to it. I did not know the words she was saying when she was speaking Spanish, but I uh-huh. knew the words she was saying when she was speaking because Spanish. Because context, tone, and inflection. The way that the words flow from her tongue and... Uh, Proof that poetry, no matter the language, hits you. Like, it's like... I. Um, I understood what she meant. I knew what she was saying. I knew that her mom is scolding her. I knew that she was in pain because the way that Elizabeth Acevedo reads this, oh, chef's kiss. It's amazing. Um, she, you know, Zio Mara even says something. Okay, so this is the same with music, right? Mm-hmm. That's a different form. And Zio Mara herself said it. Music is a bridge. Oh, yeah. This was just another formatting of that. 100%. You get from the tone, context, sound, and yeah. feeling of the person's voice, no matter the language. And, you can feel their heart. And if you're listening to Period. this and you haven't, absolutely, Molly, 100%, the heart was there. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't read the book and you're not sure if you want to tackle something that's in Spanish, the translation is there. So it is, fact. She, um says the line in Spanish and then and says then it in English. English. Um, but it, it's not written so that it's meant to be a translation. It's written in like that poetic form that is still flowing right off her yes. tongue, which is just beautiful. Um, but I um, 100% felt her heart in all of it. And it was just so, it was fucking beautiful. So it's here's beautiful. an example. 306, um, if you're looking online, um, Man, if you're playing there the home game, if you're playing the home game, so if you're watching online on YouTube, 306 starts with verses, um, and one side of it is in um, English, in English, and, and one side Spanish. is in Spanish. So I'm where the X is marked. I arrive, battle ready, and then it Dios says, te salves, Maria, Leona eras de gracia. So it says it in Spanish. So, um, see, I know some Spanish. <laughs> I don't know any. Um, German. I came suck in. at it, and I apologize to our Spanish-speaking friends. I suck. <laughs> German came in real handy when I taught um, in Pasadena, Texas. Or when I was a librarian in Pasadena, Texas, sometimes I would answer the phone and someone would just start speaking Spanish to me. And like, literally the only thing I could say was uno momento por favor. That was all I knew how to say, which oh, is a travesty. Like I really. in Florida, you didn't need it too. Um, most of my students in Florida who were uh, Latino were Cuban um, oh. and several generations Cuban, um, Cuban American. And I did have quite a few Puerto Rican American students, um, but uh, they, again, not first generation. I didn't have, I only had one student who was a first generation um, born American that I can remember off the top of my head. Um, so my last question for you, because we are running out of time. Um, I, I, this is my one criticism, my one of oh this. Oh boy. So is this book ending in a citywide poetry slam a cliche way to end a book about a young poet? What do you Little think? Bit. Little yeah. Bit. So that's my one I, criticism of I, it. I yeah. feel like it, it gives Zero Mara this hero moment. Yeah, it does. And, um, most kids in her shoes don't mm-hmm. get that moment. Yeah. And, you know, um, I like that for Zero Mara because. Children of trauma don't always get that moment. 
Yeah, and I think it was important for her mom to see it, too. Right, and um, I, I'm glad it ends that way. I mm-hmm. don't think it's realistic. I don't think it's realistic, either. Um, I, I did rate this one five stars. I just checked. I did rate this one five stars. So that's two weeks in a row that I've rated a book five stars, which is, like, fucking amazing, because that doesn't happen. Um, but uh, 3.53, that is the Poetry Slam. And um, if you listen oh, to it's super cool. If you listen to the audiobook, she reads this poem two different ways at the end and like an author's note kind of thing. This type of poem can be read across or it can be read down into columns. And so the way she reads it the first time is across. So you get with Miss Galliano's assistance, I let the poem rise from my heart. With twin helping me practice, I hand it over like a present. I've had gift wrap. Um, but you could also read it with Miss Galliano's assistance, with twin helping me practice. Um, yes. I thought that was very cool that she added that note said, in it, there in the audiobook. If I heard it right, she said she didn't intend it to do that. It just happened. She didn't she didn't intend it to do that. Um, it just happened. Which was cool. Yeah. But she did read it um across uh, but you can you know read it both ways but i think that ending in a slam pretty cliche but yes. if that's the only fault of this book that it fell into a cliche at the I'm very go end because as a first time writer this book is spec fucking spectacular spectacular she won a carnegie medal who are we to judge <laughs> fucking a yeah <laughs> where's that round of applause again <laughs> Yeah, she won a lot of awards for this book, but the Carnegie Medal, that's fucking impressive. So, <laughs> so um, anyway, did you have anything else you wanted to add to this one? We're going long two weeks um, in a row. Man, I'm sorry, listeners. Thanks for sticking well, with it's us. It's because we miss each other so much. It is. Um, yeah. I feel like, okay, was I understanding it right that her parents were older when they had them? Yes. So they okay. do they do talk about that. Uh, her mom wasn't able to get pregnant for a very long time. And I no, think her mom were sort of. They could get pregnant. Right. I think her mom sort of like uh, has a lot of guilt that the reason that she couldn't get pregnant was because she like betrayed was- Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not funny. I'm sure there's people out there that really believe that. I, I, oh my god, I, I just don't grow. I didn't. Nope. I'm gonna stop. I don't know. I'm not Catholic, so I can't. I, I'm not religious, you know. And yeah, and I, 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 I try not to mock religion. I'm not trying to mock religion. I, I, I really do. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just, it, it just makes me laugh when somebody is like, hey. I'm cheating on the guy in the sky. That feels weird. <laughs> I mean, I can understand it. I mean, I, and, and I, I, and I'm I don't feel that way, but I can understand it. Um, I, so. I just can't relate. Zero out of zero relatability. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, well, anything else? Next week is Martian. Yeah, so the next week, yeah, let's talk about that. I'm uh, so excited about this. I don't have my next, physical copy. Uh, here's it's mine. The, um, the Martian by Andy Weir. I am currently in process of reading this. Molly's going to host next week. This is her pick. I've never I read this before. I love this book so much. Um, so fucking much. I read yeah. this before the movie came out. I have seen the movie, but I have never read the book, so this is going to be my first time. I actually in in progress of this book. Well, um, okay. And then we're going to... Sorry, go ahead. I, I'm not going to get too into this because we can talk about it in the next on the 21st episode while the movie is a good standalone it cannot hold a candle to that fucking book yeah the book's really good it is really good there's um i'll have to look it up for next week but there's all there's like this drama about the um the audiobook narrator there was one and now there's a new one and like Hmm. it was a whole thing I don't know. I'm reading the physical book because I'm listening to fucking Harry Potter. And the <laughs> but you're almost done. Get you. How can you uh, not like Harry Potter? You've read all the books. <laughs> yeah. I used about that. No quote on you. <laughs> about that. Um, uh, we're going to wrap up the month with this book, Instructions for Dancing by Nicola Yoon. Um, I've not read this one, neither has Molly. It came out this year. This will be. I don't think I've read anything by her yet. Um, she's written Everything, Everything, and uh, you, you didn't read, uh, what was the other book? Oh my gosh, I just can't believe I blanked. I don't know. Um, everything, Everything, and then, uh, fuck April. Um... <laughs> Oh, the, the sun is also a star. Didn't no, you read that when our book club did it? 
Nope. Because I was in the middle of school. Well, anyway, I love her. She's a fantastic author. Um, and, uh, I'm very excited to read this one and it's going to be our first time reading a book that came out the same year. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've tended to read books that we've already read. Um, or at least one of us have, or that have been out for a few (laughs) years. So this is our first one that'll be from this year. Um, and then we'll jump into December. So I'm if you don't have anything else to add, Molly, I feel like we need to go. Man, we are over again. After instruction to dancing is Harry Potter. Fuck me. <laughs> <sighs> I just want to say that no one again can tell me that I did not give it a chance. Uh, no one can tell me that I did not give it a chance. I got more chances. And we're out, Bessie! See you next week! Bye! (laughs) Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today's book was The Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins. And music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com. <laughs>